so why am I up here today? Why am I presenting the message? I think if, if I want to give you one thing today is I want, I want to be an encouragement. I want to be an encouragement for what's happening here, for what this body, this group of people is doing. Um, I asked my kids this week to give me some words, some ideas about our experience at Vine and Branch. You know, just what do you, what do you think? We've been here for a couple of years. Here's some, here's some things that came up. Opening, like eye-opening. Also, I think welcoming. Deeper, encouraging, fellowship, nice people, growing with God, growing with relationships, and good jelly. I won't, I won't say which kid or which jelly was being referenced, but there's good jelly here. But I mean, look at that. Look, look at this list, though. I mean, it's just, man, as a, as a, as a dad, as a, as a husband, uh, what else could I want in a community besides those things? It's just good. So be encouraged because what's happening here, my time here and a relationship with you, it, it has it's changed me. I'm essentially a lifelong Christian and churchgoer like some of you, maybe many of you. I was raised in the church. I grew up in the church. Went to a Christian school. I married a beautiful Christian woman. Those things are good. Those things are a gift from the Lord, and I'm, 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 I'm so thankful for that. Here at Vine and Branch, I, I've been given something, so, something different, something more, something that I, I have experienced in the past and in different snippets and relationships and different things, but I think largely I'd begun to think this isn't regularly available. What, what, I, what I received here at Vine and Branch. Kind of like gave up on the idea that you could have this thing regularly. What, what is that? I, it's hard for me to describe other than to say, truth grabbed me here. Truth stirred me. It excited me. It gave me repentance. To take t- sin seriously, to see it, to see my sin, take it seriously, and to run from it boldly. It gave me new and real desire to pursue Jesus, to know him, to be in his word, to love and leave my wife and my kids, and to tell others about my experience. That's what I've received here. I'm, I, this, that's just true, and, and, I, and I'm thankful for it. Uh, but what, what is that experience? I'm convinced that I'm experiencing the life, life in Jesus Christ revealed through truth taught, lived, and demonstrated here at Vine and Branch. That's, what, that's what's in me. That's what's being stirred. And so, be encouraged that that's happening. Um, it's like Brian Branch is this little. It's like a, it's like a little experiment. Okay, let's take a group of people and let's try to live and talk and act like the Bible is actually true and see what happens. Right? I mean, that's like sounds kind of simple, but that's like what we're doing here. And I don't think it's that common. I just don't. Um, so, thank you. And, and be praised for what, what's happening again. You know, many of the, many of the men here, I, I consider you friends. But really, you're more than friends, you're brothers. I mean, I haven't known you for that long, but it's just good. It's just good. There's, you know, it, so again, be encouraged. People that come here are being changed. They're being loved. They're being known. They're hearing life-giving, life-changing truth. And one small little piece of evidence that I'm changed is that I invite people to come here. Sounds simple. 
and I, I have invited to come, people to come to other churches in the past, but very rarely and with great awkwardness because that's what good Christians are supposed to do. And so oh, I do it and man, I hated it. I, now, I can't help but invite people here. And that's not me. That's not natural for me. That's something changed. That's the spirit in me coming alive. And some people actually came that I invited. Most people don't. I, I mean, I care, but it's not. That's just what happens. I just invite people to come here when I talk to them. Um, so again, thank you, Vine and Branch. Be encouraged. The passage we're going to dig into today is this. 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. What does my story and my experience have to do with this passage? I believe, as I've studied and prayed over this passage, that you are, that we are here in this church, we are 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2-ing each other. Is my experience with you has been one described in these two passages. But let's take a look. Again, 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. A main takeaway for me here is this. The purpose of relationships in the church is to spread the truth. In other words... The grace we have in Christ Jesus is made known through relationships. The grace we have in Christ Jesus is made known through relationships. Again, I think that's happening here. It just is. And I think that happened with Paul and Timothy. Paul and Timothy had spent many years together. They were a mentor and apprentice, traveling together, teaching together, and experiencing the power of the gospel together. Lives, families, communities, traditions... And history itself was being changed by the work Paul and Timothy were doing together. And that's happening here as well. Lives are being changed. Families, communities, history is being changed because of the truth that we're sharing here amongst this group. It's just true. Uh, When Paul wrote these words, he was nearing the end of his life and he knew it. This letter to Timothy was one of maybe his final word and instruction to his longtime and perhaps closest ministry partner. Paul summarizes the letter to Timothy, again with these two verses. Let's read them again. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. And again, I see that the purpose of relationships in the church is to spread the truth Or, another way to say that, the grace we have in Christ Jesus is made known through relationships. Paul in this passage, I see, gives Timothy two reminders and one command. We're going to unpack these three things as an encouragement to what we're doing here together. This is happening. And a challenge to continue the work. The same work that the Apostle Paul gave Timothy 2,000 years ago. I mean, how awesome that we have these same exact words that Paul gave to Timothy when he was in prison, expecting to die soon. We have the same words now to encourage and challenge us to complete the same work that Paul entrusted to Timothy. Just, just really cool. 
So again, two reminders and one command, three, three things. Um, number one, a reminder to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I'm going to talk about that. Number two, know and trust what you've been taught. And number three, the command to entrust the truth to reliable people so they can pass it on to others. First, what is the grace that God gives Timothy in Christ Jesus? What grace is Paul talking about? What does that mean? To be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I'll be honest, I seems super simple, but I struggled with this phrase, in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I don't, I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why. It, but it seems so simple yet profound. It's just hard for me to see, hard for me to think about, put it into words. Uh, I want to complicate it somehow. I want to p- complicate this truth. But the grace or unmerited favor in Christ Jesus is simply that he came, he conquered sin, He rose from the dead, and eternal life is ours in him, and he invites us into a love relationship with himself. That's grace. We have it in Jesus. Without him, we are lost and rudderless, and everything's meaningless. With him, we have an anchor, a direction, a purpose. He gives meaning to all things. That that is grace. Paul's letter to Timothy, I believe, focuses on how an effective ministry spreads, shares, and gives this grace to others. Why is this the focus? Because it's the good news. Because it's all that matters. So build your life around it and around sharing it with others. So how does a ministry do that? Again, three things we're going to talk about. Be strong in the grace. Know and trust the grace. And entrust the grace to others. First, how can Timothy be strong in the grace that he has in Christ Jesus? And same for us, how can we? I think first Paul says through relationships, and that, that is relationships with others and relationship with the Spirit. God has shown his grace to Timothy through relationships, specifically the relationship with his mother and grandmother, but also his relationship with Paul. I want to talk about those two relationships Timothy had. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 says this, I remember, this is Paul writing to Timothy, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know the same faith continues strong in you. Clearly, Timothy had a family that shared God's grace of Jesus with each other, like I did, like many of you do. But also, Paul emphasizes his relationship with, his relationship with Timothy. So first, Focus on Paul's relationship with Timothy. When, when in first and Second Timothy two one and two, it's the second time. You know, already in the letter of the Second Timothy, that Paul references Timothy as my son. He says, "You then, my son." This is very intentional. I think Paul does not say my fellow worker or my friend. He doesn't even say my brother. I call. I do think you guys are like my brothers. These men out here, it's really good. I think my. My son is something even more intimate. It's interesting that I, I rarely say my son to my own sons. It's just not something I do that often. But when I do, there's great feeling and depth and emotion. I'm recognizing who they are to me, our connection, my love for them, and my responsibility as their father. 
So when Paul says, you then my son, it's not casual. It's telling us something about Paul's relationship with Timothy. I think that there's an intimacy and emotion between these two men. Paul feels that fatherly privilege and responsibility to Timothy. It's weird. I don't about you guys, but when I think about Paul, it, he's kind of a, the character that I have in my mind of Paul. He's kind of like robotic and mechanical Paul. I mean, he's, he's extremely zealous. He persecuted the church. He's super hardcore probably. Probably be awkward to hang out with him because he's not just rigid, you know? I don't know. That's how I picture him. He's like a truth preaching, writing, rebuking machine, you know, with, that, with little or no capacity or capability to, to have relationships or emotional relationships with people. That's kind of how I see Paul. But simply not true. I mean, when you look at these words, uh, 2 Timothy 1, 3 and 4, he's writing to Timothy and he says this, night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears I mean, Timothy's not going to cry about a robot leaving. I mean, recalling your tears, I long to see you, that I might be filled with joy. That's Paul's words to Timothy. These two men loved each other deeply. Um, And we should pursue the same depth with each other. Those, Those types of relationships. I think that this is a model for us. How did how did Paul and Timothy know each other? Well, you know, perhaps you think if you didn't know, they grew up in the same neighborhood, their parents knew each other, went to the same school, same circle, that sort of thing. But maybe you know that that's not the case at all. Culturally, at the time, these two men were complete opposites. There was no chance, no chance these two men would have ever had a relationship but God. So let's take a look at these two men. Picture a boy who was raised by a single parent, no father in the picture, Mixed ethnicity, shunned by religious community, excluded from religious traditions, and welcomed by some, unwanted by others, overlooked, mocked, ridiculed, cast out. Don't know exactly, but we know he was not allowed to enter the temple. And his family was potentially severely persecuted for their faith. I mean, Lois and Eunice, super early Christians, they could have been believers when Paul was killing Christians. This is not a Christian-friendly culture they lived in. Okay, he was an outsider. But God, he saw this outsider, he loved him, equipped him, gave him life, and in him, in, in his grace, God gave him a mother and a grandmother who loved scripture and had met the Savior. God gave an ability and a desire to know truth. In his family, God gave an example of what it meant to live with genuine faith and a spark kindled in this young man. It grew hot without prestige of society, without an obvious path to worldly success. His knowledge and passion for truth increased on the fringes of society. This, this was Timothy. That's a picture of who Timothy was. There's another man. This guy likely was from the best neighborhood in the best town, citizen of one of the greatest empires of all history, a religious man among religious men, trained and educated by the most successful leaders in the highest, most recognized institutions, success, wealth, honor, prestige, recognition, status, it's all his. He's a rule-following, law-abiding man with unmatched zeal to love, protect, and fight for what he believed in and what he thought was ungodliness and impurity. He cleansed the world of it from his perspective. He was always in the temple. 
He was praised for his religion. He was an insider. He was an insider among insiders. He, he says this about himself in Philippians 3, 4, and 6, paraphrased. Pure-blooded Hebrew of Hebrews, member of the prestigious elite Pharisees, zealously persecuted church, righteously obeyed the law without fault. As you know, this was Saul, who met the Savior and became Paul. So Timothy, outsider, little country boy, random nobody, really. Paul, a religious and cultural insider, high society elite, respected by all. Well, respected in the sense that you either loved him or hated him, but he had power and put fear into people. He, he had influence, for sure. But God, in his wisdom, was building the character of these two men in an orderly fashion with a divine purpose in mind. That's from the Blackaby book. God in his wisdom was building the character of these, of these two men in an orderly fashion with a divine purpose in mind. God ignores religion, prestige, wealth, worldly honor, politics, power, family, all this stuff, all the worldly stuff, and brings these two cultural opposites, even enemies, brings them together in relationship for his purpose of spreading his truth. So why? Why, why build relationships? To share the grace of Jesus God, again, God reveals his grace in Jesus through relationships. We need each other to remember the grace we have, to point each other to what God has done, is doing, and will do. We, we can't do it alone. I mean, again, my time with you has changed me. I, I need this community. The relationship of Paul and Timothy demonstrates the model of strong, real, intimate relationships inside the church. Again, we're looking at how Timothy can be strong in the grace that he has in Christ Jesus through relationships with each other, relationship with the Spirit. Clearly, another relationship God used to reveal his grace grace to Timothy was his family. I already touched on it a little bit, but it'd be really cool to meet Lois and Eunice. I mean, his Paul, or Timothy's mother and grandmother. These were women strong in the faith. I mean, they lived a hard life, I'm guessing, don't know. But Timothy's dad likely wasn't around, mixed ethnicity, kind of rejected, not a great family situation, and persecuted for what they believed. Um, but they held on to their faith for which others were being killed. They, they remained strong in the faith and faithfully passed it down to Timothy. And in doing so, lived out Second Timothy 2, 1 and 2. They remained strong in the grace they had in Jesus. They remembered and trusted what they'd been taught and they faithfully passed it on to Timothy. Like Paul and Timothy's relationship demonstrated the model of relationships inside the church, Lois and Eunice show the same for our relationships in the home. There are many wonderful families here in this church. And it's part, I think it's kind of part of who we are. It's really good. Some of the families we could categorize as, as hard situations. It's true. But no matter the situation inside your family unit, This is a model for us to strive towards. Be strong, know the truth, and share it with each other in your homes. Again, Timothy, Paul's saying, remember the grace you have in Christ Jesus demonstrated and shared through relationships, Timothy, with Paul, and with your family. How else can Timothy be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus? Um, Relationship with the Spirit. 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7 says this, This is why I remind you to fan into flames 
the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. I really, I really love this truth um, as I was studying that the spirit we have is not one of fear and timidity. It, so my insecurities, which I have many of, my anxieties, fears, stresses about the future, those aren't from the Lord. They're, you know, the spirit we've been given is one of power, love, and self-discipline. This is encouraging to me. 1 Timothy 4, 14 references the same time in Timothy's life where he learned about a spiritual gift. Do not neglect your gift, Paul says, which was given you through the prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. So Paul is not specifically say uh, what the spiritual gift that Timothy was given. He doesn't, he doesn't specifically say what it was. Like many say it was probably the gift of teaching, which would certainly apply in the context. Um, but I believe there's an assumption, Paul's writing to Timothy, and there's an assumption that it's obvious what Timothy's gift is. Okay, Timothy knows it. These two men have talked about it. They called it by name. They've lived it and practiced it and fanned it into flames. And we should pursue doing the same, to know the spiritual gifts you have and use them, fan them. Paul knew Timothy's strength likely better than Timothy did, and he wanted to encourage Timothy in them. There's a question here, you know, uh, how do we know what our gifts are? Well, how did Timothy know? Well, Timothy knew because he's... it was specifically revealed by the laying on of hands, it says, the laying on of hands, which is kind of like, well, that's real nice for Timothy. He had the Apostle Paul tell him what his gift is. Uh, that, you know, must be nice. Thanks, Timothy. Thanks for that. I mean, what, where does that leave us? But I think we have the same thing. We do. Uh, the knowledge of Timothy's gift did not come to him when he was sitting in his room by himself. Didn't come down to Timothy by himself. It came to him through relationships with others and the Spirit. He had, to be, he had been taught truth from infancy. Chapter 1 talks about that. He spent time with other believers. He spent time thinking about his gifts and asking God to reveal them. And God did reveal them. And also... He knew his gifts because he spent time using them. And by doing so, he fanned them in the flames. Romans 12, 6-8 says this about gifts. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So, if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak with as much faith as God has given you. If God, if your gift is serving others and serve them well. If, if you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, shocker, be kind. And do it gladly. You know? Okay, so Timothy received his gift and he had to do something. He had to fan them. Romans 12, I just read that. Pretty simple. If your gift is serving, serve. Giving, give. If it's to encourage, encourage people. Why? Because that is how you fan it into flames. 
That's, you know, your gift muscle gets stronger when you use them. So be strong in the grace you have in Christ Jesus. Use your spiritual gifts and become strong. Again, Rob said this last week, Jesus didn't just teach, he sent out the disciples. And when they came back, they were filled with joy. So be strong. Use your gift for your joy and his glory. Again, be strong in what? In in the grace found in Christ Jesus. How do you stay strong? Through relationships with other believers. In Timothy's case, his mother and grandmother. Don't forget the faith that gave you, Timothy, Paul's saying. Through relationship with me, Timothy, Paul says, remember my example and remember the gift you received from the Holy Spirit. Fan them in the flames, Timothy. Keep pursuing and understanding and exercising that gift. And notice regarding the Spirit, Paul says, I read it earlier, 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7, it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. This is the spirit that we have. I mean, the same one, the same spirit lived in both Paul and Timothy, he's saying, and the very same spirit lives in us. I just, this very same spirit that motivated Paul to do the work he did and to preach and build churches and he passed on to Timothy, that same spirit lives in us. And it's not a spirit of fear and timidity, but a spirit of power, of love and self-discipline. Don't forget. Keep going. Know who you are. Remember, Timothy. Remember, church. So again, Paul's first reminder, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong how? Through relationships with others. Relationship with the Spirit. For what purpose? To share the grace we have in Jesus. And the second thing, the second reminder is this in 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses. The things or the truth you heard me say and in the presence of many witnesses, meaning I think you can trust those things. So know and trust what you've been taught is what he's saying. Know and trust what you've been taught. What truth? What truth did Timothy hear Paul say? Again, I think he's pointing to the truth of the grace we have in Christ Jesus. It's interesting when I read 2 Timothy, I see broadly three main things that Paul's telling Timothy to do. Uh, I think Paul's telling Timothy to teach, to endure, and be an example. Teach, endure, and be an example. When I read it, it seems to me Paul spends most of his time on how to be an example, which strikes me as odd because... I think the whole point of the book is to encourage Timothy to entrust this truth to others. So the whole point of the book is to entrust. Paul seems to spend most of his time saying, be an example. I would expect Paul to focus mostly on, say these words, Timothy. Hey, when you're entrusting people, be sure to tell them this, and tell them that, and tell them this, and tell them this. But he doesn't do that. I don't see it, at least. All through chapter 2 specifically, Paul tells Timothy things like this. Work hard. Be a good worker. Avoid worthless and foolish talk. Run from sin. Pursue righteous living. Faithfulness, love, peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Avoid foolish arguments once again. 
don't quarrel, be kind, on and on, things like that. And when I look at this list, to me, this list is all about relationships. It's all about how to, how to interact with each other. Be an example to those around you. Lead by example, Paul's telling Timothy. You can have all knowledge and truth, but without integrity in your relationships and the way you live, you, you have nothing. Paul's saying, share and demonstrate the grace we have in Christ Jesus with your life, the way you live. 1 Timothy 4.16 says, says as much. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. I think that's pretty awesome. Watch your life, watch how you live, watch your doctrine, what you believe and what you're teaching. Because if you do, you're going to save yourself and, and your hearers. That's really powerful. In order to really know and trust the truth, you have to live it out. So again, it strikes me that Paul spends little time telling Timothy what these things you heard me say are. And again, I think there's assumption and confidence between them because of their relationship that they both know the truth. Paul's extremely confident that Timothy knows this truth, knows these things that you've heard me say. Timothy knows it. Paul, Paul trusts him greatly in that because, again, of their relationship. Paul knew the truth was in Timothy. Again, this is a model for us that we have relationships, such depth and integrity and honesty and closeness that we know we have the truth in us. Relationships in which we are constantly using Scripture to teach, rebuke, correct, and train each other here, as Paul says in 2 Timothy 3.16. So, to know and trust the truth, we have to live it out. But what are these truths exactly? Probably should talk about what the truths are clearly. It's our responsibility not to become numb to the awesome truth that we know. And I think Rob talks about this a lot, but these truths are so familiar that it's kind of forget. I do. Like, lose the wonder of these truths. But listen and look at what they say. I said this earlier, but the grace in Christ Jesus is simply that he came, he conquered sin, he rose from the dead, eternal life is ours in him, and he invites us into a love relationship with himself. Paul says the same thing, I think, in 2 Timothy 1.10. It has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. It's pretty awesome. Destroyed death and brought life and immortality? It's really hard to get my mind around, to be honest. Same thing Paul says again in 2 Timothy 2, 8 and 9. It's so simple. Remember, Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David, period. That's it. That's it. Remember, Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. I, I just, again, like, I want to make it more. I want to make it more complicated. This is it. It's a simple truth. It's endlessly wonderful and deep and life-changing and it's a well we can never, that'll never run dry. It's that, that simple truth. Paul goes on, he says, This is my gospel, 
for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal, but God's word is not chained. How wonderful to be in a community of believers that looks at these truths and attempts to adjust our lives, our thinking, our relationships as if they're actually true. And in his goodness, God has given us each other, I think. He's given you to me at least for sure so that we can better know that they are true. Because for me, if I stop for just a second and look at the truths, they're so wonderful and miraculous. Again, it's hard for me to believe. It's literally hard for me to believe it. So I need you. I need my church, my family to regularly remind me that they are true. Look at them. They are true. And here's our experience. We're experiencing it's true. Remember, remember, remember. Else I'm doomed. And if it is true, then death is dead. Jesus is alive. And life and immortality is ours. That's pretty awesome. Praise Praise the name of the Lord. That's good. So let us bring ourselves into submission to these truths daily. Spur each other on in them regularly. In His grace, He's given us each other to do just that. And that's, that's what we, and we do that here. I've experienced it. I, I am experiencing it. Finally, Paul gives this command, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. I believe, because I've, I've experienced, I believe this, here at Vine and Branch, that God is using our deep, genuine relationships with each other and with the shared spirit we have to reveal the truth of the grace we have in Christ Jesus. I think that, that that's happening. And I think as that happens, again, because I've experienced it, you will entrust others. As, as you see the grace and truth you possess, you can't help it. I can't help it. I'm inviting people to come here. I'm telling people about what I'm experiencing. It just comes out of you. I want to be a person so filled up with the truth and aware of the grace that I have and confident in the spirit of power, love, and self-control. That truth just spills out of me into my community. I want that. That's, that desire is the spirit. It's the spirit in me. I want it both here. I want it here. I want it in my home. I want it in all of our homes and outside these walls. But... I said that it just happens, and that's my experience, but be encouraged that this entrusting to reliable people isn't just left a chance here at Viner Branch, and neither is Paul suggesting that it will just happen. He instructs Timothy and us to do something, find reliable people and entrust them to also be strong in the grace in Christ Jesus and teach others. And again, that's happening here. I'm an example of that at the men's workshop, which we missed this morning. I love that time together. This is happening. Every week, it's happening. It's happening here. So this Finding Branch community is intentionally seeking reliable people, specifically men, to build into, share truth with, and entrust to share with others the good news of Jesus. So be encouraged. Summary. Paul knew he was near the end. He, he was writing to his most trusted ministry partner. His instruction was this. 
Number one, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. How? Relationships with others, relationship with the Spirit. Number two, know and trust what you've been taught. And number three, this command to entrust the truth to reliable people so it could be passed to others. Paul entrusted this work to Timothy. Timothy found others and entrusted to them. This has been happening throughout history right up until today. Through you, Vine and Branch, I'm an active participant in this work in ministry. Not just because I'm standing up here, but it's happening in my life. I want to entrust and I want to tell people and what I'm experiencing and the, the news I have is just, just true. New life, confidence, and excitement is ours through our relationships, through our shared spirit and the truth we have. Grace in Jesus is ours. I know the truth I have. I have been entrusted. I will entrust others. So be encouraged, church. Good things are happening. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for truth. Thank you for your word. Thank you for relationships, that you put them together for your good purpose, but we get to enjoy them and experience them and uh, experience joy through the gifts that you give us and using them for your glory. Give you praise for that. Help us to continue to be intentional here to teach each other, to share truth, to share what God's doing in us and through us and around us openly, that we can have deep relationships to spur each other on, to pursue you, and to go out and share share that truth with others. Amen.